the Senior Golfer Advisor, dedicated to helping you, the senior golfer, drive it longer, play better, get healthier, and enjoy the game. I'm your host, Dean Davison. Let's get started. This is what I call the quick take questions. I've got a series of questions here. That gives you a chance to respond with uh, your unique storytelling, wisdom, humor, all of that. Normally we make it a quick take, but a little storytelling is just fine for you. You're eight and zero in, in the hole in one category there at the preserve. So you've been known to have quite a few of them. Is there any one that sticks out in your mind as being your favorite hole in one? Well, one of my favorites, I think, was the first one that I made, and that was when I was in high school. And I remember taking a seven iron and hitting a good seven iron shot, and then by some miracle, it jumped in the hole. And I mean, it was one I could see from the tee and everything. And I was kind of stunned when it went in the hole. So I sat down on a bench and I was trying to figure out what to do. It's kind of like if you have a police car that's behind you and they're trying to pull you over, you have to kind of think, what are you supposed to do type thing. Anyway, I was sitting there and I thought, well, I just better wait till another golfer comes and I can explain what happened and they can kind of attest this thing. But it turned out I was the last golfer, I think, on the back nine that day. So I, no one came along and I finally just decided to try another seven iron shot. So I put another ball down and I thought that was such a cool shot. I'm going to hit one more. And this time I hit it a little further, but it, it wrapped up in the flag and that went in too. And now I had two all in ones on the same hole the same day. So that was pretty amazing, I thought. And back-to-back, unbelievable on that first experience with a hole-in-one. You should have hit a third, I guess. Well, I might have been out of golf balls. You never know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, only play with two. That's all you need. So Scotland, uh, you mentioned you've been there along with Ireland. You've been to England. Of those three beautiful countries, you got a top three courses you'd recommend? Well, as far as Scotland goes, I think St. Andrews is really a a great golf experience. At least it was for me. And I've been lucky to play it multiple times. The old course, I really love that golf course. And then then I thought Cruden Bay was really incredible. And then one of my favorite courses is North Berwick. Those three courses are great. And then Bally Bunyan in Ireland and Royal Port Russia, of course, is a great course. And England, Royal St. George's is a fantastic course. There just are so many that those are sort of unforgettable golf experiences. They really are. Just getting there and knowing that you're going to be able to play Royal St. George's again or Cruden Bay again. I mean, it's just exciting to be in that situation for sure. I'm making some notes because I'm planning a trip with some buddies. We're going to go out to St. Andrews. We'll definitely try to get on the old course, although that is not easy to get on these days. You've either got to go with a big package, which really raises the rent, or you got to go through sort of a lottery and various other things, but we're going to give it our best shot. The lottery is really a mystery. I mean, it's kind of a mystery how they pick you or how they don't pick you. Yeah, I think so. We'll play it by ear. And then you mentioned Port Rush. I was out in Ireland just last year. I'll just add a quick comment to it. Didn't bring any golf stuff. I wasn't planning to play some golf. It was just a trip with my wife, but I had to go try it. I ended up not playing the Royal Port Rush. I played the course right in the middle of it. I think it's called the Woods or the Valley Course or one of those two. And the weather was really, really bad, I thought, and I didn't have any of the proper clothing. But I talked to the pro and I said, you know, I'm trying to decide if I should buy some weather gear and play. And he goes, well, the weather's going to actually be pretty good today. And he goes, let me show you. And so he pulls up his computer and it's like 25 mile an hour winds gusting up to 35 miles an hour and some rain or chance of rain. I'm going, that doesn't look good. He goes, no, 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 no. That's a, that's a pretty calm day for us here. He goes, you're not going to need any of the gear other than a little umbrella. You'll be just fine. 
So <laughs> they have a, a very unique impression of what they consider to be bad weather or good weather. So I ended up going out there and it was fantastic. It had all the challenge you look for in a golf course, just didn't have the name of the Royal Port Rush. Highly recommend that one if you're on a little bit more of a budget too. Well, yeah. So I think the main thing about the weather is those golf games you play in, in some serious weather conditions are always more memorable no matter what. I mean, they're just good for your golf game. They're good for, for golfers. I did try to start another sport at Banner Dunes, and I call it extreme golf. And this is when it's raining and cold and windy. And I have one student that comes every year for an extreme golf experience. And he will only come if it's windy, raining, and cold. And then he's an interesting guy because he's a green beret and he's very well trained for one thing. And, and he can handle no matter what the weather conditions are because he's been trained to do that in the military for one thing. He had a, something he calls a go bag and it's a bag for Afghanistan and Iraq and then one for Bandit. And they're all lined up. So he said, if you want me to come out and play, all you have to do is call me and, and leave a message. And I said, what's the message? He said, just tell me it's go time and I'll come out. And I've done that about five times. I've called him and the only thing I've done is left a message. I said, it's go time. And then he just jumps on an airplane. And if he's in the country, he jumps out, and comes over and we just have this great time playing in all kinds of weather conditions. Yeah, sounds sounds like a great one-on-one experience for both of you guys. But you think you could increase the membership to the extreme golf to be on two? <laughs> well, that's my goal. <laughs> I want to double it, you know. That's... Double it, yes. And extreme winter golf you're talking about, sounds like. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a perfect place for extreme golf, no doubt about it, especially in the wintertime. It's really wild. So I was going to ask you about your favorite golf hole at Bannon Dunes. You already mentioned the 8th at the Preserve, I believe it was. But do you have another favorite golf hole? Well, the 14th hole at Bannon Trails, that's pretty notorious. I like all the notorious golf holes, like that one and then the 16th at Pacific. So those three are probably my favorites because they're really challenging every time you play them and you have to pay attention to what you're doing and you have to hit really good golf shots or otherwise it's chaos and it's fun. I enjoy walking to those tees and realizing that these are special golf holes that outsmart golfers pretty much all the time. The architects are defending par well, it sounds like, on both of those. Yeah, they've done a good job. I mean, they really have done their job, for sure. And it's just fun to play no matter what, but it's really fun to hit a shot that's particularly good on a difficult situation. Interesting. So my follow-up question was going to be your most challenging hole, and you kind of answered the same question with both holes. So what you find challenging, you find very enjoyable and favorite. So that's, again, a great attitude to have. Well, I just think it's a good way to play golf, you know, and I keep telling people, I mean, they shouldn't be afraid of the challenge. They should just go experience it and something really good could happen. I mean, it's, they're going to hit a shot or two that they really like, hopefully, you know, and, and that makes a big difference. But I'm not a big fan of making things easier just because somebody can't play the hole very well. I just think they ought to learn how to play golf a little better, you know. Yeah, that's part of the fun, learning that process. I read an article, it's a great article, in Golf Digest a number of years ago called The Wizard of Bandon Dunes, a profile on you. And it was a, just an amazing article. I'm going to post that on the site after this recording so everybody can read it. But in that, and I'm, I'm not going to give you the full quote, but essentially it says you wanted to be remembered as someone that people say, don't ever play this guy for money. I have to elaborate on that because that's pretty funny because somebody asked me what my ultimate goal as a golf professional was. 
And I said, I wanted to be about 100 years old and I wanted to be playing a Lynx course, you know, in the rain and heavy winds. And I wanted to be cold and I wanted to be almost dark and I wanted to be finishing on the last hole. And then I wanted two people in a lodge watching me and having one of them say, see that guy out there? And then the other guy said, yes. And he said, don't play him for money. My goal is to be that guy. I want to be that guy. You know, I keep every day I try to move a little closer to that that goal. That would be a good one. <laughs> so clearly you've played some money bets in your career and, and had probably a lot of fun with them. Do you have a favorite story around a, a betting well, challenge? I do have a couple of betting stories for sure. I mean, right now, though, I'm not too interested in playing for money because it just makes people mad if you win. And if, if you win, they're convinced they could beat you the next time. And, you know, it just kind of never ends. So I think it's more fun to play for something else like lunch or maybe a root beer float or something like that. But as far as bets go, I remember one bet where I was playing against a really pretty good golfer and he was one of those guys that liked to bet. He couldn't play golf unless he bet something. So we used to play these bets and I used to win pretty much all the time. And then finally he decided for some reason that he thought if we bet something more significant that he would have an advantage because Maybe, you know, I would not want to play for whatever it was. And so what he he decided is that it would be a good idea for us to play for the pink slips of our cars. And the difference was he just paid for a brand new car. He paid off this car and he was real proud of his new car. And I had a kind of an old clunker and he still wanted to bet. And I said, well, okay, if you want to bet, let's just bet these things. So we gave the pink slips to a friend of his that was watching this event. I ended up winning the car, his new car, and then he was pretty depressed about the whole thing. So he sent his girlfriend over to talk to me about the whole thing, and she was telling me how miserable he was and everything. And so finally, I just handed the car keys to her, and I said, listen, I don't want his car anyway. Just take it back to him and tell him everything's okay, and he can have his car back because I didn't even want it. But I did warn her. I said, you better tell him that the next time he bets that car and sends you over there, you know, the person's not going to give you the car keys. You're going to keep the car. So tell them not to do that again. <laughs> a fair warning. Lynx Golf, if you could only have three clubs in your bag playing Lynx Golf at Bannon Dunes, what would they be? Well, I think there'd be a driver, a putter, and I think I would also bring a hybrid because I can hit almost any shot with a hybrid, with a 20-degree hybrid. So I think I could be pretty lethal with those three clubs, actually. Yeah, interesting. I'm surprised, though, that with the bunkers and the premium uh, short game shots that you have to make there, that you wouldn't have a wedge in your bag. Well, you could. I could make a strategy change and just have a 60-degree wedge, let's say, and then a hybrid and a driver, because I know I could putt with a wedge, for one thing. Yeah, because I kind of ran out of opponents with me putting with my putter, and a lot of people just don't want to do that. So I had to learn how to putt with my sand wedge, and I could putt really well with it. So I think you're right. I would make that correction. I would go with a sand wedge, hybrid, and a driver. I know I could play golf with those three. Yeah, and you probably are good enough where you could just purposely avoid ever hitting in the bunker, so you wouldn't have to worry too much about that. Yeah, I would be able to avoid the bunkers pretty much, but it would be nice to have that sand wedge in there anyway. You're right. That's a good choice. Yeah, either way, that's good. I'll, I'll make a note. It's one way I can carry my bag on that 72-hole journey. Just bring three clubs. Well, I think you have an advantage as far as getting onto the list because I don't think very many people can say it's their birthday. So I'll explore this for you a little bit and see what we come up with. Hey, if you could add one extra club or multiple extra clubs to the bag, what would they be if you're playing Band and Dunes? 
Well, let's see. Probably, I would like to probably use another driver. So I could play with two drivers, one with more loft, or I could use a seven iron or something like that. I kind of like that. Remember that movie where he said, does anybody think I can't qualify with a seven iron? <laughs> oh, yeah. Was that Tin Cup? Yeah, I Tin Cup. <laughs> I kind of I thought of that when you asked me that question. I think, you know, you could do a lot of damage with a seven iron. I would agree with that philosophy. So I'd probably take a seven iron. And add another driver, though. No, I think I would take the seven iron instead of the extra driver. Love it, love it. Now, let's have a little fun with this one. This has to do with musical groups from the 60s, 70s, or 80s. You got a favorite group? Yeah, I do. I mean, I'm a pretty big Rolling Stones fan, for one thing. And I'm going to be able to see them in Seattle on August 14th. I'm really looking That's forward right. To it's it. coming up. It is coming up. So we're really excited. We're going to go drive to Eugene and take the train to Seattle and watch them and then take the train back the next day. And I think this will be the fifth time I've seen them in concert. And they're, they're fantastic musicians. And these guys, I mean, they really know what they're doing. And then my other favorites are the Eagles. I really like the Eagles. And I tricked my wife into going to Mountain View, California earlier this year to watch Leonard Skinner. And it was really wild at Leonard Skinner concert. But I really liked that band. I liked them to begin with because I don't know if you know this, but they named the name of their band after a PE teacher they all hated. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know and that. And I thought that was so funny. I thought, oh, this, is, <laughs> this is a band I like. Any group that's going to name it after a PE teacher they hated, I like, you know. So those are my favorite bands, I think. Those are three really good ones. How about a favorite beverage after a round? I have a feeling I know one of them, but do you have another The root beer floats are pretty hard to beat, but I also drink a lot of Earl Grey tea. And the reason I do that is in England, I ordered some tea and I found this tea bag and it said on the back of it, if this tea tastes all too familiar, welcome back, Earl. It was Earl Grey, and I thought, man, maybe I'm related to Earl Grey, you know, so I just, so I always order Earl Grey tea with honey, and that's a great tea, really, it is. I can't thank you enough, Grant. This has been very, very informative, and appreciate your generosity in terms of providing some how-tos in navigating around the Lynx-style golf and sharing your passion for the game. We'll look forward to coming down Bandon Dunes here again soon, if not next summer for the summer solstice. I'll look you up, and we'll definitely get a Lynx lesson together. Love well, to that'd do be that. great. It'd be great to see you. So just be sure to let me know when you're coming and so I can meet you when you're here. So that'd be great. <laughs>